Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We don't have the power, the finesse, to create the atmosphere of help and hope and healing that's right here, right now. Not just for those that are present in this building, but I believe that God can touch those that we've, We've called their names tonight. Some were represented by a lifted hand, and God understood every intricate detail of that. And so what great faith and confidence we have in the word of the Lord. Let me remind you that on Monday, September the 3rd, from 12 to 4, we're going to have a picnic here at the church. It's just going to be a good time of fellowship. And so if you can at all possibly be here, we're dependent on you to be here. Amen and you, and you, and you, and you, and you to be here. And uh, let's come and have a good time of fellowship. And uh, we're going to have a great time. I'm looking forward to the word of the Lord tonight. Amen. I want to just preach about the word of the Lord. I'm going to preach from the word of the Lord about the word of God. Amen. From the, About God from his book. Amen. The book of Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. And um, the longer I serve him the more precious his word becomes. Amen. Just the longer I serve him, the more precious his word becomes. And um, I'm very, very thankful for his, the, the hope that I find in the word of the Lord. The book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. This is just a little launching pad here tonight. We'll come back to this in just a few moments. But Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word of God is quick, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thought and in, thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God. Can't hide from the word of God. Amen. It's a revealer. It's a bright light. Yes, it is. Amen. And so let's just ask God to touch his word to our heart here this evening. The hard part's over. You're here. Amen. Take a deep breath and let's just, amen. I don't want to sound crude, but let's just belly up. Amen. Just slide up as close as you can to the table and let's let the Lord do something in our midst here tonight. Thank you for your word tonight, God, and thank you for the privilege of being here. And I'm asking you one more time, God, to just anoint your word to my mind. I cannot imagine trying to be in this house to lift your name, to teach your word, or to praise you or worship you, Lord, in the absence of your spirit. So I'm asking you to come alongside all of us this evening. Help me to teach the word tonight, God, and help us all to receive that word. In the precious name of Jesus, amen. And you can be seated. The word of God, the word of God. In all fairness, the word of God can be confusing at times. And it's just all right to say amen to that. 
sometimes those words that are just so hard to pronounce. And because, um, see, I remember reading the Bible before the audio Bible came out. And you just kind of fumbled and stumbled and you just did your best. And, um, and so those words, that sometimes verses that are filled with strange words. But it's like anything else. The more you visit and revisit, no matter how strange a new setting may be, if you keep going back there, there is a familiarity that begins to be born in our heart and our mind. And so it is with the word of the Lord that the more often we visit God's word, the more comfortable we become with it. Not, not to the point of it's losing its value, but it becomes more valuable. We become uh, a greater student of his word. Now, I'm not insinuating that we should just get more familiar with God's word on an academic level. And uh, that too may happen, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I believe as we study the word of God, that the Holy Ghost begins to illuminate the scriptures. Now, I don't believe that out here on my own, just out on a limb by myself, because that, that principle is scriptural. That the word of God will be illuminated by the spirit of God. And that's why, just one more reason why, it is so important to be spirit-filled. And so being filled with the Holy Ghost is not just about talking in tongues. And I don't mean this in, a, in, uh, in an off-color way. It's not about just counting somebody else, uh, another number of someone. The Holy, being filled with the Holy Spirit is such an important thing. And uh, we need God's Spirit to lead us and guide us. And we need His Word to be illuminated. And that's going to come through the infilling of the Spirit. And so I, I believe it's very important. I always pray before I study. I, I think that's very, very important because I need the Spirit of God to illuminate the Word of God. Just like I wouldn't sit down in my chair at home and try to pick up my Bible or my iPad or anything else and not turn on the light. I mean, I need the Spirit's help to turn on the light here. I need to see this. I need to get an understanding of that. And so I want the Lord to open my eyes. I want him to open my eyes to the truths of his word. And uh, I believe, and I'm going to mention this now, and then I'm going to come back to this very thought in about an hour and 45 minutes when we're closing. And uh, I believe that there are, um, I'm not sure if I'm wording this right, but I believe there are layers or dimensions in the spirit of the word of God that are there for our discovery. Treasures, absolute treasures that we can just walk along and, uh, and you can just find these treasures in the word of God, but we're not gonna find them if we're just running we're going to have to be intentional about this. And so with those layers of the word of God that are there for our discovery, I want to take the time then to steal away with God and allow his spirit to lead and to guide me into the truth of his word. And so as we begin to give ourselves to the study of God's word, I believe the answers that we need for life's questions 
come into focus. Now, the Lord doesn't always just stand in, in my office or he doesn't always just stand in my den and just tell me what to do. As a matter of fact, the Lord has never done that. I'm not saying that he can't. He is sovereign and can do anything. But the Lord will just impress upon our heart, open our eyes to the answers that we need for life's problems. Now, I, I know my audience tonight. And so I know I am preaching to people that get what I'm saying because you've been there. And uh, we, have, uh, we have had the, 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 the perplexing circumstances of our life that seemed so out of orbit come into focus in the presence of God and his word. And uh, I, I, love, I love preaching. I really can say that from my heart. My family can attest to that, that I just love preaching. I don't mean I love to preach. I enjoy preaching, but I just love the preach word of God. And um, I have, I have a, a sermon with me almost everywhere I go. Certainly, if I have my phone with me, I have some sermons to listen to. And that's one of my favorite pastimes. I'm not saying that to sound super spiritual. That doesn't make me super spiritual. But I just love the word of God because... It's just amazing how God can reveal. <laughs> have you, you ever just been in church or how many times? I'm sure you have been in church and somebody's preaching and you're going like, I never thought about it that way. And it wasn't just because somebody was genius enough. It was just another layer or another dimension. The Lord said, I just want to peel back something. And I, if you think this is neat, let me show you what's under here. And there's another layer of that. And so we give ourselves to that. And so the word of God, I, I, I don't, think to study the word of God requires something fancy. I think it just truly requires prayerful study of its principles if we just approach that. Now, in truth, there has never been a day when we have had more tools available to us to study the word of God. It's incredible. Um, this is not an informative statement, but I started preaching long before the days of computer technology and so study days required a desk full of books and, and all kind of resources to look this up and to look that up, and, and uh, it was quite cumbersome. And, um, but when Bible programs start, first started hitting the marketplace, I was somewhat reticent to go there because I was accustomed to a more antiquated form or fashion of study, and uh, it, it felt very odd to not have a book in my hand. It felt very odd to not be writing out my notes and uh, things of that nature. And even after I bought my first Bible program, um, I would use it a little while, and then I would go back to the old paths. <laughs> and then I would use it a little while. And then I realized that we're not going back. So the best thing you can do is just get on this train. And uh, so I, I did gradually merge over to Bible software. And as you can only imagine, those tools have only improved with time. And so never has it been more convenient than it is now. As a matter of fact, I'm just, I'm just mind blown by how much free, how many free resources there are on the Internet as far as Bibles and commentaries and, and things of that nature. It's amazing what you can 
can get in just a free Bible app. And uh, when just a few years ago, that would have cost absolutely no telling how much. Hundreds of resources are, are at our fingertips to help us have a more scholastic, perhaps, approach to the Word of God. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm driving at this evening, I think, is a little past just a, a, a scholastic approach to this. I think that we really must have an intimate relationship with the Word of God. Because you can understand the mechanics of something and not ever touch the emotional side of that thing. And so you can have tools to study the book, but what we really need is a relationship with the author of the book. No matter how many tools you have, that's not just going to catapult you into, um, that's not just going to catapult you into uh, what you're wanting to become in the spirit. Um, there are some things that, uh, there are some tools that are available today that are called sermon starters. And uh, don't be fooled. Don't be fooled by that. You can't just type a word in and all of a sudden, poof, you've got a message to preach. Not at all in, insinuating that. But uh, the, no matter what you have by way of tools, what we must, if we don't have a relationship with the, with the God of this book, then we are going to really be in trouble. And so I, I don't think we can ever overemphasize the importance of the word of God. Now, I, I understand the power of presentations and how, um, you know, how important it is to display or portray the Word of God and how important it is to serve the Word of God and our presentation of those things. But in truth, the absolute truth, that no matter who was delivering the Word of God and really no matter what fashion it is delivered in, the Word of God is powerful and it is true and and we can never, never, ever overemphasize the power of his word. The psalmist David said something interesting about God's word. He said in Psalms 138 and 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Amen. The word of God. Don't ever discount the word of God. Amen. When, it, when it's time for preaching, that's not the time to get up and leave. That's the time to lean in. That's not the time to disconnect, but that's the time to absolutely connect. In, in Ephesians 6 and 17, Paul specifically identifies the word of God as the sword of the spirit. That's what Paul called it. And uh, that's not a random phrase. The writer of Hebrews underlines what this sword of the spirit has the power to do in Hebrews 4 and 12, which was our text. The word of God is quick, powerful, sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing us under a soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thought and the intents of the heart. That's what the word of God, the word of God knows our motive. And so God's word sees inside he looks beyond. He looks beyond that. So the message of Hebrews 4 and 12 is straightforward and it is without apology. The word of God is so powerful that it can pierce straight to the heart of the matter. The word of God just drills down to right where we are and it finds us exactly where we are. The word reveals the, the true motives that we have in our heart, the true motives behind our actions, whatever they may be. One Bible commentary said it like this. 
He said, just as the priest would cut open the sacrifices that were brought before the Lord and, and every inward thought and motive is exposed whenever the piercing of God's word comes into our life. And so just as blatantly as the priest would take a, a, a sacrifice and lay it on the altar and, and cut it open and reveal what is there, so is the word of God piercing, amen, cutting right down to the marrow of the bone. Often the word of God, I think, is... Um, perhaps in some camps misunderstood in its intentions. Some wrongly believe that the word of God is just merely to condemn us. And so we have all gathered here tonight uh, to let me or someone like me come up and open the Bible and just tell us everything that we've done wrong and how far we have missed the mark that the Bible would just be something as a tool to merely condemn us. I don't believe that that is... I don't believe that is the intention of the word of God. But I believe God's word validates itself. And I believe it doesn't condemn, but the word of God is given to us to convince us. Amen. I want to be more sure tonight when I leave this service than I was when this service began. It's, I, we're not here to be condemned, but the word of God will help us get more connected and on board. Some believe that the word of God can only be preached or are taught to just beat someone up or beat someone down. But David wrote very differently about that. David said in Psalms 3 and 3, he said, But thou, O Lord, art a shield unto me, a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of mine head. <laughs> Amen. I believe strongly. And if you've been here any length of time, you've heard me say this multiple times. I believe strongly that when we come to the house of God, that we ought to leave changed. We ought to leave encouraged. We ought to leave challenged on some level. I'm not talking about somebody standing in the foyer to kiss you on the forehead and pat you on the back to tell you how wonderful you are. But I believe the word of God in the house of God, amen, no matter how straightforward the preaching may be, no matter how direct the presence of God may be, we ought to leave the presence of the Lord having known that we have been in the presence of the lifter up of mine head. <laughs> amen. The spirit of the Lord has touched us and, and, uh, it in, and it encourages and it cuts close sometimes. Yes, it does. Amen. But if we love his word, it will lift us. It will lift us. And so if you're a student of the word of God, then you know, you know that David himself knew many aspects of God's word. He knew God's word in mercy, absolutely. But he also knew God's word in judgment, amen. He, David was a man that had drank from every side of the cup that God had to offer. God's mercy had been so evident in his life and yet God's judgment at other times had been so piercing, amen, so powerful, so true. And so David is not speaking of someone that he just merely looks at as a grandpa that just provides everything that he wants at his every whelm. But he is a man that has been on both sides of the line of discipline. And he said, he is the lifter up of mine head. Amen. So David is not glossing over the judgment of God. Amen. Because we, we know how heavily that God had judged him at times. Yet David didn't see the Lord's word as a hammer to destroy but David viewed the word of God as a tool that would reveal the truth and, and the word that would reveal what was really going on. I'm gonna tell you that, that David 
was loved enough by God that he moved upon the man of God to put his finger in the face of David and say, thou art the man. Now, if David had been in wrong relationship with the word of God, he could have picked up his ball and gone home. He could have had every right, uh, human, humanly speaking, he could have every right to have walked away and never come back, to have been shamed and embarrassed. But David understood that while this is harsh and while the penitent, penalty is strong and while the penalty is going to be long lasting amen this is if mercy ever stood in my face if grace ever visited my heart grace is standing in front of me right now the word of God it was a tool to reveal the truth it was a tool to say you got to take care of this David you got to pay this price but there's life on the other side of this amen the end result he was the lifter up of his head indeed the word of God also works to lead. It works to, to purify our heart. It works to preserve us. I'm thankful for that. The word of God leads us by what I mentioned a moment ago, and that is illuminating. Amen. The word of God will shine the light. I'm going to once again refer to the psalmist David. Psalms 119 and 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so always remember that the word of God is a lamp that can light the here and now. It can, it can illuminate right where we stand, but it is also a light that can pierce into the future and light the path that we are walking on. And so God's word is not just good for five minutes ahead. God's word is not just good for 30 seconds from now, but God's word is gonna shine and illuminate and help us. God's church is not fumbling through the dark. Hear me tonight. God's children, you are not fumbling through the dark, but his word is here to lead us and, and to guide us. It can lead us in every aspect of our life. Now, it is true that there may not be book, chapter, and verse for every minuscule aspect of life. But there are godly principles that are filled from Genesis to Revelation. Godly principles all throughout the word of God. And so I wanna look at a few of these instances. The word of God can really teach us his word about what our priorities in life should be. I'm preaching and speaking to young and old tonight. The word of God can teach us what our priorities should be. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter six and verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now if you look at this scripture in context, you understand that this is referring to the things that we need in life. God is going to take care of us if we will put God and his word first. You see, there are some things that you will never have to pray about. You will never have to pray about something that will take you away from church. That's going to violate his word right out of the gate. So you don't have to pray about that. Amen. There are principles that are in the word of the Lord. And um, I've been trying to think about this, Brother Kenny. I'm not trying to embarrass you, but um, I'm going to ask you to come up here and stand. No. <laughs> But I remember, I remember several years ago, uh, we were at the church, and I, I wished I could have the uh, the context of this a little more clear. 
but I was very, very impressed with uh, some things that he was talking about to some young men in our church, young married men who were uh, like himself, uh, business owners and, and uh, in business for themselves, so to speak. And I, I may not have this exactly right, but I think I've got the principle of this. And if, if not, just go along with it for right now and correct me after church. But, but he was talking about when you are, you're not working nine to five. And, and, and so you can get to chasing the dollar. And so you can start thinking, well, I'll just work on through it's, it's, it's service time or I'll just miss this or I'll just miss that. And, and, and after a while, when you get your priorities wrong, that will be what leads you. But you got to remember uh, that, that God is at the center of what we're doing. And if we put him first, he'll take care of whatever we think we may be missing. Amen. You, you may be, uh, I'm just going to kind of stay in their vocation. You may be rolling up the extension cords a little bit early so you can get to church. But God will make that up to you. Amen. He will make that up to you. I know there are instances, and I think, hope everybody knows me well enough. I know there are instances where the, the ox is in the ditch. Amen. But my grandfather said if he keeps falling in the ditch, you need to shoot him and get another ox. Amen. And so there are instances that you got to push through, and instances that that's not the case, but, but that can become a habit. And then after a while, and after a while, when the, once the, the enemy finds out that you'll give in to that, he'll provide those occasions again and again and again. And I really appreciated that word of wisdom because you see, that wasn't coming from the pastor. That wasn't coming from a preacher. That was just coming from a man that was in that same ditch. A man that was standing in the same trench that understood I've already been down this road and you gotta get this figured out. If you'll put God first, then he will take care of everything else that you feel like you may be missing. God will take care of that. Amen. You didn't even know I was listening to that. You help me, and I appreciate that. And so the word of the Lord says, seek me first. Put me first, and I will take care of all the rest. To all the parents, Solomon said, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he'll not depart from it. You be an example of what they should do. And no matter where they are in life, even if they are not where you taught them in life, they're still going to know the principles of the word of God that was true. They were yea and amen. And, and, and so many times they're going to stand and ponder, I wonder what my daddy would do. I wonder what, well, I know what my mother would do and I know what my dad would do because this is what they did whenever I was coming along. And so if you, if you want to be blessed in that area, the word of God teaches these principles. If you want to be blessed in your finances, Malachi 3.10 says, bring you all the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I know my audience tonight and I know there are men and women and not a handful that understands this principle is true. Amen. God has blessed us again and again and again. 
Amen. When it comes to matters of our health, and certainly not speaking against physicians or anything of that nature, but when it comes to matters of health, James said, here's a principle. Amen. Here's some, here's something we can hold on to. If there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Principles in the word of God. Why should we be in the word of God? Why should we, we, we be reading the word of God? Because we need to get these principles in the, in our heart. We need the aroma, the vapors of this need to be in our home. What are we going to do? You're not always where you can get to a doctor. You're not always where you can get to a physician. Amen. We're going to need to have a relationship with a great physician. Praise God. Praise God. There are many times we need direction in our life. We don't know what to do. We don't know where to turn. I've lost count of how many times I've been there in my life that I just needed some direction from the Lord and I just turned to Psalms 119 and 133 and I say, oh Lord, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. I need you to just order my steps. I wanna walk with you, Lord. I need you to send me. I'm gonna tell you that more than one occasion, those that are in this house as well as myself have found myself standing in order steps. I didn't plan to be there, but God planted me there. I didn't plan to be over here or here or there, but God had me right where he needed me to be. <laughs> Praise God. The word of the Lord can, can sanctify us. Amen. That's a sort of a biblical word. We might say purify in St. John 17 and 17, Jesus prayed, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. <laughs> sanctify them through truth. So the word of God admonishes us to continue to grow. And I, I think it's so important to understand that, that the importance of not standing still, the importance of not continuing to grow, the kingdom of God is dynamic. It is not static. It is ever moving, ever changing. And so if you ever decide that you're going to coast for a little while, you're going to get left behind. I promise you that you're going to get left behind. You just coast a little bit. You just say, well, I don't, I don't need to pray. I don't need to read the word of God. You just do that a little while and it won't be long. You are going to be behind. Amen. You're going to be out of sync. And I've got to just get into the word of the Lord. It's not always easy. Is it all right to just say that? It's not always easy to pray. It's not always easy to read the word of the Lord. Amen. I mean, sometimes I'm reading the Bible and it is just wow. <laughs> if it would just stay that way. And then sometimes I'm reading the word of the Lord and I just can't shake a thought out of those 66 books to save my life. Amen. But I've got to continue to get there because I know that's where my source of strength is. Second Peter 3.18 admonishes us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. A few weeks ago on a Wednesday night, I think I was teaching about overcoming the flesh and the, and the key to that is not mystical, but according to Romans 8, we just have to walk in the Spirit. I had to remind myself constantly that I've got to walk in the Spirit. This is a daily thing. This is an hourly thing. Amen. Why? Because this flesh goes with me everywhere. Amen. This flesh doesn't want to pray. This flesh at times doesn't want to 
to study. This flesh at times doesn't want to submit to the will of God. How am I going to overcome that? It's not a peel. It's not a song. It's not a sermon. It's just every day getting up and doing the right thing. The right thing. Amen. So we just walk. And at the end of the day, it's the Holy Ghost that empowers us to live a life that's pleasing to God. And so the key to allow the Holy Ghost to lead and, and guide us to all truth is his word, his word. God's word is a preserving agent. I mean, it will just keep you, <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> when you think you would never been, have been able to stand through the storm, the word of God, will, it will just keep you. Amen, I, I'm not sounding trying to sound trite here at all, but there have been some storms that all of us have faced in life that had God warned us ahead of time, we would have said, I could never do that. And you just find yourself in the throes of this storm and then you find yourself on the other side of that storm and you realize that everything is still intact and it was the hand of God that just preserved your mind is it all right to say it? It was the hand of God that preserved your spirit. It was the hand of God that preserved your attitude. It was the hand of God that kept us all. Amen. Again, David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And so in this regard, the word of God is a preserving agent. When Jesus was preparing to leave his disciples and uh, uh, he told them something very pertinent to their future. Now remember, he was speaking to people that were accustomed to being with him, touching him, eating with him, and talking with him. They were, they were certainly uh, in, in, in a great relationship on a daily basis. They, they were there. Now he is preparing them for his crucifixion, and he says this. I'm just going to read this scripture in John 14, 26. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and... Bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, before you think this is like magic dust, we got to clear something up here about bring all things to your remembrance. Because before the, the Spirit of the Lord can bring a scripture or a passage that is relevant to your situation, to your mind, you must have first familiarized yourself now you may not be able to quote something verbatim but I've heard scriptures that God has quickened to my mind I'm that very moment that I needed it it was not something that you could have woke me up at 3 o'clock in the morning I could have quoted to you verbatim but it was just lodged in my heart. It was there somewhere. We have got to be familiar with that passage of scripture. Amen. And God is going to quicken that to come to your mind. You know, remembering something, memory is a very strange, a very strange thing. Isn't it amazing? You live a few years and, and you get down the road, you hadn't thought of something in maybe, maybe decades if you've been around that long. And uh, you hadn't thought of something in decades and then somebody says something and somebody brings, and all of a sudden just something you haven't thought about in years, you just remember many, many details of that. Where had that been? <laughs> Where were those thoughts in storage? And the more somebody starts talking about you, yeah, 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 and then you start remembering more that they didn't remember. On and on and on. It was there. And if we can do that with 
common things of life, how much more can God take his word? He told his disciples when he commissioned them, take no thought about what you're gonna say. I'll put the words in your mouth. Amen. He was very, very specific. Don't even worry about what you're gonna wear. I'm gonna take care of that. Don't worry. I will take care of whatever it is that you need. Amen. I I wanna get that word in my heart. So, well, I don't even remember what I read this morning. I don't even remember what that was. I'll tell you what. Amen. You may remember more than you think you do. It may be lodged somewhere in a memory bank and down the road somewhere God is gonna quicken that to your heart and that is gonna be the very anchor of your soul. So not only do we need to know the word of God, but I think it's very important to understand that what gives the word of God power is obedience. Knowledge without obedience is certainly not gonna bring the desired result because there's a lot of people that know the word of God, but they're not walking in his word. And so what God has given us, we need to put that in practice for it to be beneficial. And so we have to know and obey. The word of God can be traced all the way back to its inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We can trust the sword of the spirit because every word in this book is not the opinion of a man. It is not the opinion of a woman, but it was given to us as men were moved and inspired by the spirit of God these men, especially prophetically, amen, as though as they wrote, did not even understand the power of what they were writing about. Isaiah didn't understand stammering lips. Joel had no idea what he was pinning as the Spirit of God moved on him long before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. But they wrote as the Spirit of God moved upon them. Amen. So you can trust the Bible. Amen. The phrase, thus saith the Lord, occurs some four 413 times in the word of God. The phrase God said appears 46 times from cover to cover. Amen. So when we heed the word of God, it will show us the way of salvation. Hear me tonight. I I understand the value of preaching and teaching. I understand the value of discipleship courses and classes and we do everything that we possibly can. But here's something that I know about the word of God. If we fail somehow in the application of our system, if we fail somehow somehow in, in, in the presentation of, 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 of being systematic in our ministry here. Here's something I have confidence in. The word of God is light. It is truth. It will lead and guide. I'm gonna tell you somebody in their break in their break room on their job can open the word of God. Amen. And God's light can come on in their heart in the absence of a preacher, in the absence of a teacher, in the absence of a leader. And God can and will reveal himself because the word is alive. Amen. It'll, it'll, it'll teach us proper doctrine. It'll reprove us when we err. It'll show us how to live righteously and godly in this present world. So while the sword, a literal sword, is designed to be a, a weapon of offense, if somebody really knows what they're doing, they can also use it defensively. And I think no greater example of that exists in all the word of God than Jesus Christ himself. When we find him after he had fasted 40 days in the wilderness and Satan came to tempt him. This was not a parable. This is a truth. In every instance, Jesus responded to the enticing words of Satan by quoting scripture. I know you've heard that dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And we're familiar with this 
But I just want to put it on the screen and we're going to read it tonight again. Amen. Because we just need to understand that the that we have an adversary. And if we have an adversary, then we better figure out how to overcome that adversary. And here it is. Matthew 4 and 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up to the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. Psalms 91. Amen. It is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee. The devil knows the word. Amen. In, 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 in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone and Jesus combated him with the word. I know you've heard this portrayed in many, many venues in many different ways but we cannot fail to understand that Jesus in his flesh was 40 days fasting, 40 days in a weakened state, amen, in a weakened state of body and mind, mentally and emotionally, but he had enough about him to get a hold of the word of God. Jesus said, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil came, amen, taketh him to an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Where did he get the power to say, get thee hence? From the word. From the word. Amen. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. I mentioned this passage earlier. Psalms 119 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Knowing the word of God was enough for Jesus to combat and win the onslaught of Satan's attack. But I will submit to you tonight that knowing the word of God is not enough. It is not enough. Moses rehearsed the law to the children of Israel. They knew the law. The Pharisees knew the law. They knew, Israel knew what God required. But when they got to Canaan, they started worshiping the idols of Canaan. And so it's not what you know in your head it's what you in really are in relationship. It's what you're in relationship. I, I just can't say it enough. We can't underline the importance of the word of God. Our Christian life all boils, boils down to the relationship that we have with the Lord. So just like earthly relationships are sustained by conversations or communication some forms of communication. That's how we sustain earthly relationships. We, re, we maintain our relationship with the Lord through prayer and the study of his word, praise, worship, etc. And so 
we cannot ever get to the point that those things will not be important. We'll, we'll never be so mature in the Lord that we no longer need to read his word. Or we'll never be so grown up in God that I no longer need to pray because I've got to stay in relationship with him. Isaiah 55 and 11, the Bible says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. You see, God's word has a purpose and that purpose will be fulfilled. If God said it, it is going to happen. Amen. And so I mentioned earlier that the word of God can be studied and approached from an academic or a, or a scholarly point of view or position. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. I'm not trying to minim, minimalize that at all. Because I think that we need to know how to be students and rightly divide the word of God and we need to have it in our head. But I think that we should also study the word of God for a revelatory understanding of his word because and I'm back to my point that there are layers and dimensions of the word of God a few days ago a friend and I were talking and and uh, he shared with me just a few bits and pieces of a message that he had heard someone preach and um, just those few things he said it just really seemed to fit where I, I felt like my wife and I were or are. And so I, I asked him, I said, would you, would you send that message to me? And um, so I listened. I listened to this man as he just really just talked. And here's the... Um, I don't know what word to put here, but here's the, maybe the odd thing. Is that the story and the Bible character that this man was talking about was one that most of us met either in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. One of the most common characters of the Old Testament. But as this anointed man began to teach he began to walk through precepts of this age old story but he was there with a fresh anointing amen and I was left going wow 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 I told my wife, I said, I, I want you to listen to this message with me. And so I, I got her in the car on a long trip. About 75 miles an hour, I figured this is a great time. I doubt she'll bail. And uh, I'm teasing about that. I said, I, I, said I, I was telling her a little bit about it, and we were in the car. I said, you know, uh, you think it would be all right? And she said, I knew you were going to ask me that. I said, I think this would be a good time. And it was a real blessing 
to us, wasn't it? It was tremendous, tremendous. And when you think, my point is just this, when you think you couldn't squeeze not one more drop out of a story, when you think, I've heard everything. I'm not talking about weird, strange, bizarre things. I'm just talking about layers, dimensions. That didn't come from just, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But somebody got alone with God and those layers just peel back and peel back and peel back and peel back. And so as we pass from one chapter of this man's life, character, Bible character's life, to another, to another, to another, to another, it was just wow, wow. And you know where it was? It was all right there. It was there all, all the while. Amen. Let's stand. I've, I've kind of been intrigued through the years with treasure hunters. Because while most of the world just walks across it, there are some people with devices and they're just scanning. They're searching for something that's beyond the surface. Something that's there that can help us and sustain us and lead us and illuminate the word of God. And so I said earlier how privileged we are today. Our forefathers wouldn't have any idea how convenient it is for us to have the word of God. I would dare say most of the people in this audience have a phone, a smartphone. And on that phone, we can just set it on the desk and we can just listen to the word of God. And I'm not saying this to send anybody, including myself, on a guilt trip. It's just the truth. But when we think about the regions of our world where the word of God is not even allowed, and we've got, we don't even know how many Bibles. When we think about the literal Bibles and the digital Bibles that we have, we don't even know how many copies of the Bible we have. It's right here. Let's not stand before the Lord with guilt on our hands to say, I didn't understand. I didn't know we are going to be without excuse because it's at our fingertips. The tools are here. Amen. And I, I'm not just talking about being flashy with the word of the Lord, but we just need to get alone and let that word get in our heart. Amen. Can we worship him? Let's sing to the Lord tonight and magnify his name. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386 935 2806 
or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.